Hey, listener, Steven here with just a quick producer's show note. The audio for Steve's section is really quiet this episode. I wasn't able to salvage it. Something's going on with Steve's audio that's way above my pay grade as an amateur audio editor. But this week, we have a very special interview with Recombobulator Games about their upcoming Kickstarter project, Space Boat. We hope you join Steve and I in backing the game on Kickstarter and on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. This episode is a special interview with the developers behind Spaceboat, now on Kickstarter. Ten days left out of this recording, probably seven uh, left when this goes live for our beautiful listeners. So you can head over to, I guess, Kickstarter and put in Spaceboat. Link will be in the show notes, too. But I would like to introduce our star-studded developer cast today. Starting with whoever wants to go first, please introduce yourself and what you do and where you're at in this great nation. Uh, Luis and I are in Montreal, and uh, Luis is over there. Luis Alonso is the main developer for Spaceboat, and I am the producer and one of the writers for Spaceboat, and my name is Michelle Franklin. And Lauren, introduce yourself since you're not in Montreal. Hello, I'm Lauren. I'm from England, so that's why I sound very different. Hip pop cheerio. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, Dick Van Dyke, relax there. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to know where the studio's name came from and how y'all ended up on this project together, in whatever order you want to answer those questions. Sure. Uh, recombobulator, um, it comes from the word discombobulate. It's uh, not a word that a lot of people know what it, what it is. It means to kind of get confused or you know, lose your mind a little bit, you know, like uh, you, you're, you feel dizzy, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So recombobulator is the idea that you're bringing back your sanity, you're bringing back, you know, getting unconfused, getting things back to a normal state. And uh, I've been working in AAA uh, for about 20 years. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I want, and then I went into indie and I realized, oh, uh, these indie companies uh, actually the last one I worked at had a, uh, you know, a boss that was a sexual predator. So, you know, it's not so, that much better. Did you work uh, at so scavengers? I some, uh, oh. <laughs> shouldn't say the name, but yeah, gotcha. yeah, it's, uh, that's exactly where I was at. No, you, it's public knowledge now. Everybody yeah, has. it's in gameindustry.biz, which means that's we're allowed right. to talk about it. We've also yeah, discussed it like, on the episode and, and whatnot. So, or on the it's true. Stuff. We were so excited. and Anyway, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> so yeah, so Recombobulator is just, um, after all those experiences, I wanted to create a place where people could actually focus on the work and be good human beings to each other and uh, not not deal with that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, that's the idea of Recombobulator. Bring back sanity to us. Uh, at least try to build a company that can, that can do that. The word innovate gets thrown around a lot in the games industry, but that's the kind of innovative uh, thinking I'm looking for in this industry. So is recombobulate a word or do we make that up? That, that one uh, I made up. Uh, also, awesome. it, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, and it, it's not just the company itself. Um, the game itself, too, is about bringing back some, uh, I guess, some mental well-being to, uh, to, to the, the gaming industry type of thing. Uh, so, for example, um, there's a, a big theme in Spaceboat. I don't know if you've tried out the demo, but um, in, in the game, there's, like, what we've presented already is a whole bunch of stuff related to, um, to basically a normalization of uh, excessive monetization in video games and how it's creeping its way into, into the real world. Mm-hmm. And we do that through a video game, which is <laughs> uh, hopefully the irony is not lost on people. I love it. Uh, so, yeah, for example, we have a vending machine. 
that is also a, uh, a slot machine. Um, so mm -hmm. it's like, how silly would it be if you went to a vending machine? Like for years, you've known it as it's a vending machine. You put money, you get a thing, mm -hmm. which is what video games have been for many years. And now you go to the vending machine and it's like, you might get the thing that you want, but you have to keep putting money into it until you get the thing you want. That's, See, that's kind of the idea. Right? It's so, not a vending machine. It's a surprise mechanics yeah, machine. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to have a pachinko yeah. one soon, too. The, uh, the thing about that, that sounds annoying to a lot of people, but it sounds very interesting to Steve, who loves gambling. So if, if he could, if he could uh -oh. put money into the, the Coke machine until he got the Coke Zero, he might have a good time. <laughs> it's a jackpot. <laughs> You like actually watch it happen <laughs> live on stream. But people in a row, I would hate that. I would just <laughs> you say that, but we watch people pull because we purposely give people three tokens in Mr. Convini, mm -hmm. and it's scripted. But you'd be surprised how many people go, "Oh no, I hope I'm going to get the card." And then the third one, they actually go, "Yes, I got it." And we're going <laughs> psychology. <laughs> so I, actually, there's this. Yeah. At that point, like uh, when when you cannot uh, tell the the difference between the satire and the source material, have you have you made effective satire? <laughs> Just a question. <laughs> um, that actually leads well in, into my question. So, what is the pitch for Spacefoot? What, what's the game you're making, and, and why should folks get excited for it? I'll uh, I'll let Michelle uh, say that one. It's a it, it's a well it's it's like an old school narrative adventure. I mean it's. It's also it has a little bit of point and click elements, but it's really a narrative adventure. Mm. More it has has choose your own dialogues and things like that. So if you you, but it's also very humorous. So if you remember the games like Monkey Island or Salmon Max, uh, some somebody likened it to Grim Fandango the other day, which made me do a little cry. Aww. It was very nice. Yeah, I know. I was like, Ooh. it was so nice, uh, and it was unprompted too, which was great. <laughs> That's good. Um, but if you like, if you like adventure games, if you like uh, it's Mass Effect without the combat and some humor, if you like the the Muppet style humor, very sarcastic sort of wacky humor, that's what we do. Um, so it's imagine Mass Effect with Muppets and then Monkey Island as a nice little package around it. Incredible pitch. Will there be a Statler and Waldorf style character at any point in, <laughs> in Space Boat? <laughs> I really hope so. I really because I, I love the I love them so much. It's, well, it's great whenever you're sitting next to somebody and you just go, oh, it's good to be doing something again. And then uh, uh, somebody says, it's good to be doing anything, anything again. again. Oh, 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 oh. Will will I be heckled in space vote? <laughs> oh yeah, good. absolutely. Da Dale heckles you the minute that you walk in to the jelly yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh So yeah, I should also point out I have not played the demo yet. I'm a horrible host, but Steve has. <laughs> so uh, I'm also a terrible host. I dabbled it in this morning so you can go so you, we should say that you can go on steam right now and play the demo and one thing you guys did actually which i don't think i've ever seen is you patched the demo like you mm -hmm. gave it an update um mm -hmm. we should i guess we should kind of talk about the kickstarter and some of the like the perks and and things like that i guess the the one thing that i kind of noticed is the kickstarter says episode one so what is what is the I guess like the goal and long term kind of idea so, behind Spaceboat? The Spaceboat metaverse. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm gonna I'll open a can of pop. Sorry. <laughs> no, no okay, sorry. Continue. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the the whole thing with the episode actually is a, is a long story. But if you're finding it, it means I haven't been able to get rid of it. Uh, so <laughs> oh, the. <okay. laughs> The, the Kickstarter link we can't change. It, it still says episode one, hmm. but um, we 
we uh, we removed it everywhere else because it was just confusing for for people. And uh, for whatever reason, publishers, when they talk to us, they'd be like, yeah, get rid of the episode thing. We we don't like the episode. It's like it, and that was like the talking point for so many of these publishers. They hated it. They hate oh. episodic. Uh, yeah, hmm. that's weird because I because like to me, it's setting up a universe similar to, oh, I don't know, Mass Effect, mm. where it's like <laughs> I can this is going to be a world filled with, you know, cats and killer whales and capitalism and all that fun stuff. <laughs> and um, that's interesting that that because I remember actually when we were talk first, like, like, I don't remember how we discovered you guys or whatever, but we do the wish list this feature on our podcast. And it, it, it was originally like episode one. And whatnot, yeah. but interesting. Um, but it's, it doesn't change the game at all. Like yeah. m the concept of episode one is still there. It's just that for everybody else who's just coming along, it's kind of like uh, Star Wars was episode four, right? The first one. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't. They didn't call it uh, Star Wars episode four. They just called it Star Wars. So it's the same thing here. It's space boat, and it, internally we know it's episode one, and we have a plan of different characters and different things that we want to see in different planets. And uh, and uh, really short uh, to to make a long story short, I, I developed this stuff back, like maybe between twenty to thirty years ago. Like mm. the the core of this was developed a long time ago, so it's a long time coming, and there's a ton of material. So this uh, episode is just a corner of the galaxy uh, with a certain character that uh, I, I felt was appropriate for the first uh, for, for the maiden voyage, so to speak. Nice. So so you made the uh, concept when the Muppets was still relevant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They're, Actually, they're getting there. They're getting there. They're I love the back. Muppets. Oh, well, the haunted house was. Hunt Haunted Mansion was amazing. Yeah. It was really good. It was good. wonderful. It's back to form. Did I misremember this, or did at one point the studio you worked in flood? Yeah. 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 Could you uh, tell us house. that story and, and, and how you're, how that went, how you recovered from that, how you got your computers <laughs> still out of there? Haven't. Still haven't. Still haven't I recovered. Still haven't recovered. Still Actually, Luis, if, if Luis moves the camera a little bit to the left, you'll see all the flood boxes. Right oh, no. You won't be able to see it because of the angle, but there's... A giant pile of boxes off to to my side here. Oh no! Um, it's still from the the things that were recovered, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So basically, what happened was, um, like, like we already mentioned, I was working at Scavengers and I left uh, bef like before any of those uh, things happened, mm -hmm. like the the all the public things that happened, and uh, I was like kind of tired of the company of these companies I was working for, so I started my own company, and it was. Uh, and it, it, COVID had already hit. And then uh, I'm just, uh, so I started my, I, I figured, okay, let's start this. And I got, uh, I, I turned my, basically the place where I lived into a studio. And then uh, sure enough, uh, while I was making demos for, for all these uh, publishers and, and, uh, and for fun companies, next thing you know, one night I'm making tea, figuring out how to do, uh, how to use Maya to export uh, fur on a character. And uh, uh, and uh, next thing you know, uh, there's this ton of water started coming in through the bottom of one of the one of the doors, and I was like, "Crap! I've got another one of these little floods that ruins the floor, and then I'm going to have these dryers and all this uh, all these people come in and fix things." And then little by little, I realize as I'm trying to get get things under control and clean things up quickly and make it so that it doesn't uh, make a big mess, all of a sudden I realize, oh, "Oh boy, there's a lot more water coming in now. Hmm. This is this is out of control now. At this point, this is bad." And at that point, I started thinking about my cat and my safety. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, I uh, the, the first thing I did was uh, make sure that he was uh, he was in a little something that I could take him out. It was also it's Canada. I'm in Canada, right? So it was cold. It was uh, below it was February. Uh, it was freezing. Yeah, it was uh, below uh, zero. Um, so uh, I got him outside. I got I got some very basic things quickly. And the first thing that came to mind was I got to turn off the power or else uh, this is going to turn into a big electrical nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned off the power and everything, got outside, and that was the last time I could go in. I couldn't get to my computer or anything like that where I had all the stuff for Spaceboat. Um, and not to mention all my other stuff from from years of, of game development. Uh, there's some really valuable things. If not, uh, um, you can't replace some of these things. These these were special things from like Mass Effect 3 and, and Dead Space and and uh, thief uh, like we had yeah anyways we had stuff uh, that, uh, that you just can't find anywhere and it had memorabilia that uh, really meaningful and a whole about a lot of other things and anyways all of that got destroyed by four and a half feet of freezing water and uh, anything electrical gone uh, no electronics survived uh, the flood and only a few things on the walls survived and uh, and I also had hypothermia that night oh no uh, yeah very yeah. <laughs> well, the lead a bit did. there <laughs> one of the first things he did actually was when when the water was seeping through the bottom as i was in my office here and he called me and he went i'm flooding I went, get out there <laughs> just get out that was already out yeah and he 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 took Siegmeier and uh and he came to the office and um but what he didn't tell you is when he he leapt out of the window with the cat when mm-hmm. he turned around there was a wall a wall of four and a half feet of ice water that was pushing against the door the front mm. door oh and wow he just had an, he just had enough time to take uh, a video of it, uh, just so this, you know, for for evidence purposes, and then and then he had to grab a car and leave. But um, he he when he got out, the the door had blown in not long after that, and it pulled everything off the yeah, hinges. It broke the lock. The yeah. weight of the water oh, was yeah. That 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 when I think about it, I could have easily been standing behind that door when it uh, when it blew open, and it would have knocked me unconscious for sure. Like wow. the force destroyed the door. Like the door was broken in half, and uh, the water had pushed in. And um, that was actually something I was trying to avoid uh, because you know it's the same concept as a hurricane. Sometimes you have to let the flow, the air flow through and mm-hmm. go through without any resistance, uh, depending on the, depending on the scenario and where you're you're situated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this case, uh, I tried to make it so that the water wouldn't uh, would just kind of pass through with a you know like it was only a few feet on one side. And it was like, it was easily, I think it, it reached four and a half, five feet on one on the other side. So uh, one of the fire fire guy, uh, department guys uh, was obsessed with closing everything. And I'm like, this is bad. And sure enough, unfortunately, I, I was right about this one. The force ended up destroying the door and just kicking the crap out of everything I had inside my uh, house. Wow. Fortunately, I wasn't asleep or in the shower, um, which was because it was getting late. And uh, good thing I, I work late. Uh, so in a way, doing uh, doing crunch on my own project <laughs> saved my life. <laughs> Don't take that lesson away, folks. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did anything get lost for the project? Yeah, 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 absolutely. There was a ton of stuff that got lost. Um, there was like, it's it's hilarious because no, I was trying the to hard get... drive. The hard drive was fine. And before anybody says anything, because I can hear people going, oh, you should have had an offsite backup. He was in the middle of backing it up. Oh. And the backup oh. failed. 
when this happened. It's funny you know because what, if, I, if you're if you're the type of dink that would tell someone after getting a flood that you should back stuff up, you probably just back away. Right? Just don't, <laughs> don't yeah. say anything. Just have some compassion. Wait, that's what, what insurance insurance people call an act of God. Yeah, exactly. Was this Feb- was this February this year? Or was it 2020? I'm trying to. It was this year. No, it was this year. Uh, and it was uh, the actually it was January thirty first when it happened, oh. and uh, it but it was in the middle of the night, so it ended up being February first technically, depending on how you count. Mm. Yeah. Damn. Wow. I didn't hear the whole story. I saw the pictures and I was like, oh, geez. But yeah, so for, f- truly a, a game forged in not fire, I guess ice water. <laughs> forged in flood. Forged. So then in... the question is: Is there a flood level in Spaceboat? No. No, I hate underwater levels. I'm not doing that. Name, name one good underwater level. I'll wait. Oh, Crash Bandicoot has a few. I can't comment. Uh, <laughs> That's Jim. You're wearing a PlayStation shirt. That's fair. Yeah, but I'm young. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I played the first one for a couple levels. It's unacceptable, Steve. Are you just counting the Uncharted Four portion when you played? No, <laughs> although I did play it in that too, but. Um, so why Kickstarter for Spaceboat? Uh, what was the the idea behind that project going on to that platform? So, uh, you know, our, our, like it's going to be a pun if you know the game. Uh, our main character's name is uh, Domino. So it's kind of a, a bit of a domino effect that we were hoping would happen uh, for funding. Yeah. Um, we wanted to get funding and um, like through like to get some money from Kickstarter to be able to get things uh, going. Oh, here's here's our, the star of the show. This is uh, this, this is, is Domino. What, uh, Hi, Domino. Yeah, so How's it going? <laughs> For listeners at home, I'm looking at a white cat with gray spots and a very cute nose. Yeah. So see her in the game. There we go. Uh, yeah. Where, where were we? Uh, sorry. Domino effect of funding. Oh, the domino effect. The Kickstarter. Yes. Sorry, sorry That's about okay. that. Uh, yeah, so the domino effect is simple. Uh, we, what, what we wanted to do was start with uh, some funding from Kickstarter, enough to be able to get uh, uh, something that we can say, look, we've gotten some funding, and then go to the other uh, funding groups and say, here, we have some money. It's not just everything po- from, from my pockets, mm-hmm. and then get them involved because they want the a lot of these companies that uh, help with the funding want to see that you already have money, but they won't give you money until you have some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like we needed to get the ball rolling, uh, and, and, and from that perspective, and hopefully this other group that is uh, probably looking at us, going, mm, "Your Kickstarter is not going so well." If they are listening, uh, um, know that there's something else in the works that could make Kickstarter completely uh, point of view financial irrelevant. So we're 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 really hoping that's gonna that's going to kick in. Yeah, gonna kick Kickstarter to the curb. Gonna kick uh, Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Kickstarter has not been a fun experience. Let me tell you. No, we've learned. Well, one one of the things that we've I, I've kickstarted projects before, but always with very small with a very small goal. Mm-hmm. But one thing we we've learned this time around, we've learned a lot about algorithms, and mm-hmm. we've learned a lot about what other people do as well, uh, and other companies that people use to help them with Kickstarter. Kickstarter is not the same as it was when it first launched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used it five years ago, and it was it was ha- how it should be. Now it's very different, and uh, much like you know, in the way that YouTube has changed or Twitch has changed, the algorithm changes all the time. And so therefore that also changes how the website works. 
and we did we we learned a lot of things that we did not know. The the most also, important thing though is that people are actually looking at the game. That's what we wanted. Mm -hmm. We wanted people to look at the game and play the demo. And the demo's been played over two thousand times. Nice. Nice. Two two thousand and one tonight. <laughs> Immediately after this podcast. <laughs> Uh, so when you say Kickstarter has changed, uh, could you get a little more specific into that? How do you think the platform's changed in those five years for you? Well, I, I did a small uh, writing project on Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. And um, now they have things like, it's, so categories. So for example, now they lump video games together with board games. And <laughs> Kickstarter is great for, for board. You're laughing already. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> But board ga the board games do amazingly well, but if you look at just games, 90% of what's on Kickstarter at any one time is board games. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a specific video game, it will push it all the way to the bottom. And the algorithm favors things by percentages. So if mm. you have, let's say, 60, let's say your goal is 10,000, you have 60% of that goal, you're going to be put ahead of somebody who, let's say, has more money but less of a percentage than you do. So even if, let's say, you're doing well, mm -hmm. somebody who has a smaller goal but is funded, let's say, 90% is going to be pushed ahead of the line. Because yeah. Kickstarter wants completed or fully backed projects. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Does, does okay. Kickstarter make any money? Because they make, yeah, like, yeah. Do they make <laughs> That's money the, off the, failed projects? Or not no. failed, but like non-funded? Yeah, so they're, they're incentive themselves mm -hmm. to push like 90, like those ones that are like at 90 yeah. Kickstarter is mm -hmm. also mm -hmm. betting on the projects, like which one they yeah. think is going to reach 100%. Oh, no, for sure. And um, on the first day you launch, they give you loads of exposure. Mm -hmm. But beyond the first day, they're like, no, drop, drop. If you're not funded in 24 hours, even if you're funded in 24 hours, I found out you're still not featured, hmm. even if you're funded in that time. Um, even if you have the badge, you're not featured. So basically, you'll be there for a moment, then you'll completely go off the radar. And then maybe on the last time you might get a tiny bit more exposure. But other than that, in between, it's just really even it's it's hard to search for video games as well on there as well. The searching is so much harder. Years ago, it used to be a lot easier. You just type it in, you get the video game section. Now it's just like board games, video games, life games. It's just like hmm. it's gone. It's gone to like YouTube algorithm, which is um, interesting. <laughs> I hear that interesting and I hear frustrating. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. By translating? Well, we know, we know a lot. We, we know, we know some unethical things as well that people have done just to, just to uh, literally trick the algorithm. I was, I read an article about one guy on backer kit who he failed his first launch and didn't understand why mm -hmm. he got about 33% of his goal. And then he realized this, he relaunched only a few months later and what he did is he halved his goal. So this way he would get the same amount of people, but half a goal. But that pushed the algorithm to go, ah, this is a successful project. So it pushed him into the front of the line. And then he ended up funding 500 times his original goal because Kickstarter, the algorithm put him in the featured section because he funded so quickly. And so I mean, therefore, salute to that guy. <laughs> Hate the game, not the players, I guess. Yeah. yeah, but then there's other things too, like um, people are putting in their own money to make these goals. Oh, don't do that. Boo. Oh, there's That's a lot of it. Do, yeah. Boo. There's a lot of like 
five, six grand. So then it's like, oh, we funded this many. And then I'm guessing they're using many different accounts. Mm. Um, so per email and stuff. So then it's looking like more backers. Right. And it's yes. like, oh, we've just randomly got 300 backers in one day. And it's just like. <laughs> yeah, because I guess you can get like a small business loan or whatever. That's it, then... yeah. Man, that's kind of if funny. You're at, like, say, if you're at like, say, 50% of your goal and then you use a small mm. business loan to yeah. kick it off then you'll get like you could just pay the loan and then take the 50 percent that you actually earned from like the fans or yeah whatever. exactly we yeah. found marketing companies that actually suggest not that you take a loan but they suggest that you 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 are the one who puts in your own money money and again just to get the percentage mm -hmm. and then because remember they don't take money out until until the last oh, day so. not when it's funded the last day oh. Oh. yeah see so you, everybody thinks, oh, oh, when it's funded, that's I when they take it. the money out. So if you get uh, more than your loan back, yep. <laughs> this feels you like... You don't even need to put your money in. I mean, you, yeah. you just have to pledge. You're not actually putting any money in. And at the last minute, you just pull it out. This feels sure. like it should be illegal. Like everything it that totally was just should. discussed feels wrong. <laughs> you guys, it like, is. You can understand our frustration. Yeah. yeah. But, like, like, here's, here's the one that really frustrates me as a game developer. Um like so, basically, this this thing is really wild west, and there's no actual accountability for what you say in this Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. So we made sure, like, because of the nature of our game, we want to be uh, um, uh, legit all the way. Like, there's we don't want to do any of these scummy practices because if I, if I did, I could have just stayed in AAA. I mean, it's mm. like what what was the point of all this, right? So uh, the the thing that's really frustrating me is that I'm seeing some some of these uh, projects get funded really well, uh, but then you're like, where's the demo? Where's the stuff that proves that you can actually do it? <laughs> and then I'm like, uh, okay, so let's see what you promised. And they basically promised the moon. And it seems like there's this game that's going on where people are just like, all right, I got people's attention. Uh, now I'm losing people's attention. Okay, I will say I can do this too. And then put up some picture that uh, almost proves it. But obviously <laughs> it's not. And then you see these projects get, these are the ones that are doing really well. And then they get projects we love uh, badges on them. Uh, because we didn't even get the projects we love badge, uh, even though we're completely legit and followed everything that they wanted. Mm -hmm. And we've been trying to keep uh, some sort of ethical and moral line kept. Like we're trying to make sure we don't do anything scummy like we, what we just uh, mentioned. And it seems like that is uh, not, not working. That's clearly not working. Would you say and it's like harder? Say, oh, Sorry, go sorry. ahead. No, you first. I'd like to say that they're applauding um, one of the games on Kickstarter yeah. that the only reason it funded is because it has NFTs in it. Oh. Yeah. And the <laughs> NFT community went over to Kickstarter because they put it on loads of Reddit forums. Like, by the way, our new game's coming out on Kickstarter. You can get NFTs. And they put all the NFTs up for auction and they got fully funded. And then this is being highlighted like, best game ever to be funded on Kickstarter. And it's like, you do realize Steam has just banned that. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's yeah. like, it's just, yeah, it's literally disappointing because you it's pay to win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that drill well, tweet I... that, like, uh, only NFTs I care about are nerds in the fucking trash can? <laughs> 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 I, I think about that often. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Great. Uh, Steve, were you going to ask a question about kickstarting? Um, I mean, we've... <clears throat> To move off of Kickstarter, I guess, unless we want to poo-poo on more. But <laughs> you guys look into to Fig. I don't like it's still. Yeah, like we did. We we we're considering it for for a second option. We looked at we looked into everything from Fig to Indiegogo to GoFundMe and all that stuff. Um, but Fig, we we have looked at it. 
Um, but the only thing that was kind of concerning about FIG is, even though you, you do get funded, and yes, there is an investment pool, then you're beholden to investors. Yeah. And considering the nature of our game, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, look, Psychonauts 2 got funding on Fig as well. So, you know, and there, there's. Isn't Fig uh, originally Tim Schafer's thing? It was a double fine project, I think. Yeah. Or they were involved. Yeah. Oh, were they? I didn't know that. I think he yeah, was they like, were involved. on the board. Or, yeah, like, I think he was mm -hmm. kind of the. Only, I only know like a few over named developers that tried as to. As well. Mm -hmm. Sorry? A Fig's been taken over now as well. By a different oh, by... company, by Rog or something else. Oh, uh, I see. Um, and since then, they've not actually had any products, uh, projects that are games. So um, mm. it's on the fence a bit about it since it's been bought by somebody else. I see. So what I'm taking away from I... this is it's hard to get a game <laughs> successfully kickstarted if you don't want to be a scumbag. Well, there are plenty. Of, there are yeah. plenty of people who have done it legitimately. True. Sure, that, that's not to say anything, and that this is not to say anything against the games are because we've. Pl I've I've seen several games on Kickstarter that are completely legitimate, like like Shrine's Legacy, and they have mm. a demo, and it's fine. Shout out to Crow but, Sworn. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they Okay. Shrine's Legacy has something that's. Uh, anyways, it's they they have this thing with the community. Remember. Yeah. Yeah, they have yeah. they have a community achievements, which is a bit it's which is a bit strange. Again, it's not there's nothing illegal about it, nothing. Um, it's just something that we wouldn't do uh, because we don't like that whole like like uh, uh, pushing like social achievements. We want people to do it naturally on their own. In intrinsic motivation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so again, there, there's no they they don't promise the moon. It's just mm. that they have like an achievement board, which we won't do. So. Um, there are plenty of projects, whether it be Kickstarter, whether it be Indiegogo, that are absolutely legitimate, and you can play their demos, and and they're wonderful and they're mm -hmm. great. It's just that the the uh, oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes, the uh, d games that they give as an example of going, oh look, this made two million dollars, and you go, that game's still not out yet, and and it made two million dollars like five years ago. So mm -hmm. yeah. let's let's hold off on that. Let let's not do a, what is it, Star Citizen. Let's, let's, let's hold off. It's coming I, out um, eventually. Q3, 2022. I have, to, I, have to, I have to bounce early, but Steven's going to continue. But it was nice meeting you guys, and, and best of luck and whatnot. And um, anyways, bye. Go be a dad, <laughs> Steve. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Love, Steve. All right. I want to know what each of your most uh, favorite parts of Spaceboat is. In any order. I... I think um, I've been enjoying watching a lot of streamers. Uh, so um, whenever someone sees the scene where uh, there's uh, an alien that has thermal vision, uh, watch you get out of your suit because you're a cat inside a mech suit. So think of it from the point of view of someone who sees heat. What would you see? Uh, I've seen people laugh so hard with that. Uh, it's nourishing. Like I watch it and, I, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, they're getting it. It's it's uh, and then. And I might say that there's another one, too, where uh, when you interact with Earl, uh, everybody's always caught off guard with how you interact with Earl. Uh, and there's these facial expressions on every streamer's face. I love seeing that expression. It's like they're so surprised and they're like, oh, ooh, ah. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. It's got a feel. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite part is I act when I, when I watch the streams, I, I hold the. I hold the print screen button and I wait for I wait for their reaction and then I go oh, there it is click and then I take it and I put it on I put it on social media. Nice. 
<laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, I'd say just being invited to this world and just seeing all the interactions because I don't know all the like there's loads of stuff I don't know about the game yet there's loads mm. of stuff which is like when I'm like shown more sketches by Louis and he's like here's loads of sketches and I'm like oh my god <laughs> like I need more of this it's like being and obviously being a voice in the game as well but that's the thing as well which is fun that's awesome so, yeah. uh, a question I like to ask everyone who comes on uh this show is what is something you know now you wish you knew at the start of your career in games. <laughs> I'll start if you want. Absolutely. Um, there's... <laughs> you have to be very careful in the gaming industry because people will usually take advantage of you if mm. you're a female. And mm. they will pretend to be good guys from big studios, but they're not good guys. Nope. That's what I learned. <laughs> That's that's very solid advice <laughs> for all the listeners out there looking to get in. And we have a lot of student listeners, so take that advice to heart. Uh, anyone else? Something uh, yeah, you sure. Uh, hop out of the portal there... and slap younger you and say? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, um, uh, like I mentioned before, I, I started working on this stuff. Uh, like I was, I was nineteen. I had a, a basically a, a proposal for uh, for it was a TV show that I was trying to trying to put together back then video games was way more complicated so i figured i could do maybe a tv show that had all these characters in the universe i'd created and then i i realized oh you know i sent my vhs tapes to all these places uh didn't get any responses and i was like oh okay so what am i doing wrong here maybe i don't have enough experience i don't know how the game is, is played mm -hmm. so maybe i should go into the industry and uh and what happened was it, it took me 20 years to to get all the skills that i thought i needed and I, I think if I could go back in time and just slap myself, it'd be like, don't don't wait twenty years, you do it earlier. Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe maybe uh, ten years would have been fine. Like, get ten years of experience, you get a good idea of how the how the game is played and how you make stuff, and get, you got enough skills now to be able to do stuff. You don't need another ten years. Just go do it. And uh, I think I wish I'd I'd known that, and I would have tried er earlier. Um, than than waiting twenty years. That that's a piece of advice a, a lot of people on this program have given us. So you're in good company. <laughs> there there is one thing though I would say, mm. and this is for other people that are listening. There's a couple of people that I've noticed. There's a generation right now that's just coming out of school and starting their own business. I I, I applaud them for doing that, but uh, the I would I would say the that's by not going into the industry and learning how it works a little bit. And gaining, gaining your skills, like you're probably very talented, but you might you might want to consider at least a couple of years working for other companies to see how it works. Or doesn't? Your own thing. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, try to basically. I've had 20 years of being in very expensive mistakes uh, <laughs> that got paid by other companies. Good, uh, but it cost me, you know, uh, a lot <laughs> to mm. be able to do that in a way. Uh, so uh, I have these valuable lessons uh, stored in my head, mm -hmm. and hopefully I don't forget them because uh, in some cases it costs companies hundreds of millions of dollars, and I'm like, I won't be doing that again, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever they were doing, basically. Yeah, in the Italian accent, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't realize I did that. Okay. <laughs> 
I, ha- I have nothing of value to add because I've been telling Luis he should have done this 10 years ago. <laughs> my, my advice is what would have saved everyone else more time. Yep. <laughs> my advice is you should listen to me more often. That's it. There you go. That's uh, good um, uh, just, just in terms of writing in games, uh, I mean, the only advice that I give people usually is when you're doing, you have to understand the difference between a game writer and a narrative designer. Narrative mm. designer has to work together with um, the game designers to understand how the narrative fits within the type of game that you're that you're making and obviously you know you have to you have to try to do your best to make the narrative that you want but it has to also work with the game mechanics you can't mm-hmm. just you know make random random choices as well make sure you make regardless of whatever character you're doing you have to make round dynamic characters if you want to make a static character that's just an NPC. Oh yeah, sure. You know, you you can get a quest from anybody, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But people remember round, dynamic characters, characters that actually have a lot more uh, backstory, have a reason for being there. Uh, don't just decide, oh, I'm going to make this character, and it's going to have all the powers in the world. Eh, that's not very interesting. You need to have characters that uh, have foibles to make them more relatable. Yeah, we have characters in the demo that people only get to, that are only introduced to, um, and uh, they don't, they're not going to see the character progression that we have in plan for them. Mm. So these characters are, are evolving. They, they, as you go through the game, we hope we'll, we'll be able to flesh them out, and you'll see an actual progression in their storyline. So, for example, right now we have a thing that's really important. Uh, we, we had, we have a character named uh, Premium Dale. And he's uh, he he <laughs> irritates. Sorry, I gotta people. play this demo. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is, he 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 uh, um, he's very um, irritating for some people. And uh, we had requests from people to say, "Can I flip him off his his damn chair? I want to <laughs> just press a button and make him go eject into the sky." And uh, in the last patch, I added it. Nice, right? So I I made it so you could do it. But it, I, I did it for for two reasons. One, because you know people wanted that, and two. I want to see if people realize what they're doing um, and see really the character for what he, for, for who they are. So this character, if you think about it, he's, he's a whale. Yes. And he's obnoxious. I've met whales that were obnoxious uh, and put it in your face. Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's uh, you know, he's got a personality that we've all met before. We, we know this character. Uh, but the thing at, at the end of the day, and there was only a couple of streamers that that saw saw Dale for what he really is. Mm-hmm. Um, is he's also a victim in all this this whole story in a way because he's he's got a problem with uh, he's addicted to this kind of like these gambling mechanics and games and he spends all of his money in it. And just because he he's a bit of a jerk doesn't mean he's a he's a bad person necessarily. Like he's at the end of the day he he's the one being a, being taken advantage of by the, all these companies. So I'm I'm hoping if I can do my job right. Is that when the game, the full game comes out, um, and we we progress Dale's story, that people will feel bad for ejecting him off his chair? There are some people who already do. There was the there was especially there was a one streamer who uh, when when she didn't she actually opted not to do it, and people in the chat were going, "No, do it, do it," and she's going, "No, you don't understand. He's he's just a, a symptom." of society it's not his fault that he does this society society has programmed him and told him that doing what he's doing is okay well no it's it's more like these greedy companies have uh are using behavioral psychology to manipulate people and they found a very uh a a, a small group of people that can give them a ton of money and they're just taking advantage of it and he's 
unfortunately one of those people that got taken advantage of and, and it sucks that all these games and all these things are being made to basically geared around that idea and and in the game there's a very clear moment where you talk to pre-order earl who's this uh really <laughs> friendly guy and, and you realize he used to be in this place where when it was just uh just a tackle shop and there was a little arcade machine in the corner and he used to play uh you know he's he's a giant jelly creature so the games he played were uh virtual flapper and jawbreaker uh, and stuff like that so anyways he I'm gonna add jelly racing to that uh, to that list, and Delicious. hopefully we'll have it in the game as a sub game inside the game. Uh, but um, yeah, so he uh, he you know he saw the transition when when the whales came. Then all of a sudden, all these companies just geared everything towards the whales and turned his little fishing community into Vegas, basically. And mm. the whole place has monetization everywhere because these these greedy companies came in and changed everything to the point where. Premium Dale's all by himself on this one lane uh, because it's it's the premium lane. And if you don't have the premium pass, you can't get on that lane. And it's just a boardwalk. I mean, it's like they're, they're monetizing everything. Mm -hmm. and, and what's really funny is people that were watching it were like, hey, uh, we've been in a scenario where fireworks were also monetized. And I was like, how did they do it? It's like, that's, it's insane to me. It's like, how? It's public. It's out in the open. It turns out there was a company that, uh, in uh, it was somewhere in Ireland, where they put up a, a sign to cover up the, the fireworks so people couldn't see it. And I was like, that's insane. So basically, that you have to pay to be able to enter the park in a certain place to be able to see the fireworks that's supposed to be for everybody. And, and it's like, that's exactly what this game is, like, the, at the core is about. It's all these insane things that are coming out of particularly video games and just making its way into normal everyday life and we're we're just seeing a, a version that's already really advanced hmm. in the game yeah sounds like there's room in in this in this space with these themes to sort of tackle or an indictment of the designers and creators complicit in making these systems is that fair to absolutely. say absolutely Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I have a video that I recorded just in case they ever get rid of it. That is from, uh, it was from the uh, the Connect Helsinki conference uh, where uh, a guy named, uh, uh, he was he was from Flame Tribe or something like that, Tribe, Tribe Flame. Anyways, uh, and his his talk was Let's Go Whaling. Mm, and, uh, I think I've the seen this referenced in a yeah. Jim Sterling video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you actually watch the whole video, you realize all the little behavioral psychology tricks that uh, that they're using, and it's like they're not behavioral psychologists themselves. They just found it and said, "Oh, look at this! This is how I can manipulate people." And then they looked at all the gamers and said, "Okay, we can't we can't satisfy the needs of this one easily and make money off of them." And then they found one where they were like, "Hey, this is easy. This is like it costs nothing, and we're gonna make we're gonna make a lot of money." And the mm -hmm. entire all of this, uh, all these loot boxes and all this other stuff, it, it all stems from being able to make this cheap, uh, cheap product that can that can hook people uh, that have addiction issues in particular or create an addiction uh, to their game or simply be like a Skinner box that makes good money. Mm. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. So there's there's definitely uh, I'm, I'm calling some of these guys out because they're they're they're. They're pieces of trash, Frank. You also have to understand that, like, so for example, I have students who work at Ubisoft, and mm -hmm. they're really proud of the games that they work on because their work is solid. Their work is really good. Yeah, and like, made so some, for, made some I, cool art or a prop or something. Yeah, yeah I, have, cool. I have a student who who worked on was it Immortals, I think, 
And she was really happy with it. And then she found out afterwards that obviously the game is monetized and not not the core experience, but that there's all there's a shop, there's all these add-ons and everything. And she got depressed about it. And she's like, I had no control over that. So yeah. there are a lot of people who are working in AAA who are really proud of the work that they're doing and they're doing great work. And then it's the people over them who take their work and then they chop it up and then they distribute it in very, very nice expensive packages for, for people to buy. And it's unfortunate, but you know, a lot of people do, they're like, well, it's a job and I was really proud of the work that I did. So you know, they, they had no control over the I end think product. Mm -hmm. You know, recent uh, recent events with Destiny, uh, like think about the modeler that's doing the dungeon and the game designer that's working on the dungeon like they do every other time. Then all of a sudden, somebody up above in marketing or or just in, in general management decides, hey, we're going to cut this up and we're going to sell it separately. And it's like the entire, like they didn't want that. Like the people who are making the game don't want these things. It's just they're told, well, we either do this or, you know, we don't have money to pay you. That's usually the excuse, right? It's uh, you know, we're we're and you don't have a choice. It's like they they will do whatever they want, and you're just there to make the asset for them. Hmm. And quite often, that's the feeling you get in AAA. You are just there to make the one thing they need you for, and they see you as an asset or or a thing that can make make a, a thing that they need, and that's it. And that's unfortunate uh, how AAA has gone that way. So I, I, what I'm hearing is these studios are ripe for a sense of creator and worker solidarity that maybe manifests in some sort of collective action <laughs> against <laughs> against the owners of these companies who mistreat hmm. them. Hmm. Is that safe to say? There yeah. is that that element too, because uh, most of these people uh, that's that's the sad part because they're they're working really hard and they're putting a lot of their their well being and their uh, social um, their, their, there's a lot of stuff that they're paying for family wise uh, health wise and everything so. If that group uh, concept, that kind of weird, com sort of like almost like a community of some type yeah. where they work together, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, um, you know that, that that idea would help on that end, I think. Uh, but I doubt it'll ever happen. Mm. Um, like Why? we saw it Why with do you doubt Blizzard. That? Well, <laughs> just look at Blizzard recently. Um, the second that there was a problem, they they brought in the uh, what do you want to call this? The community busters. Uh, uh, the community you know, busters. Yeah. Yeah, they community brought in the community busters. busters and, <laughs> they asked uh, everyone who wanted to take the day off for the walkout to just mark it on your timesheets, and we'll 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 still pay you. Don't worry about it. It's the it's a government. It's a employee sanctioned walkout, which I'm sure will be effective. Yeah. So, so yeah, so effective. Imagine <laughs> imagine being being abused by your employer and then they go, Oh no, we're not gonna let you unionize, but instead we'll just fix it by renaming a character. Hey. Whoa, whoa, yeah. who said who said anything about a union? We're talking about some community <laughs> oh, yeah. solidarity yeah. among the workers. Yes. No, that's fair. I, I said union and, and we can uh, we can say that. Um, that was a list of, of all my questions about space vote. Obviously, this is going up, lots of uh, time left for everyone listening to get on the kickstarter um what what tier would you recommend people jump on here any any tiers you're particularly proud of i always love i always love these uh i think people should uh just if they can uh, support us in any way that's fine um and uh like there was some of these tiers that i was i was like okay do i feel comfortable with some of these tiers uh, you know and, and there's a few of them there that we made sure that the, the bigger tiers were for if you want to get involved in the actual production of the game. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's, hopefully that comes through. So if you really want to be a part of our production, 
even if you you don't pledge on that one, let us know. And like there was a couple of other people that uh, sent us uh, pictures of their uh, their hamster, for example, and they they were like, "Oh, I wish I could go into create a character and make it with it." And I was like, yeah, "We'll do it anyways. It's okay." <laughs> so the idea is, if just you want to be involved with this production, by all means, just get involved and don't worry about the tiers and the the, the dollar signs that are next to them. Well, like there's already a couple people that we're we're including in some of these ideas, and Aww. and it's fine. Uh, awesome. The idea is to let's just make a game that we can have fun, and um, hopefully, if if all goes well and this game comes out, it'll eventually be one of those games where you use as a reference where you say, "Well, remember this in this game? That's what you're doing, you scummy company." So hopefully, that that will be the the end goal of of this company. And anybody who wants to help us with that, by all means, please do. The so. the Starship Troopers of video games. <laughs> I don't know if that joke works for everyone, but no, it does. <laughs> okay, it does. cool. <laughs> Replace the Empire with yeah. Activision Blizzard Ubisoft. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. All right, all the links for all of this will, of course, be in our show notes as well as the Twitter handles of everyone here. If you want to close out, just saying where people can find you on the internet, that would be extremely helpful. Go ahead, Lauren. Awesome. Oh, you can find me at Law Witchy pretty much everywhere with two Ys for the Witchy. Okay. Nice. Uh, I think the easiest way to get in contact with us would be um, just to type uh, spaceboat.ca, then slash, and and then uh, Twitter. All right. Uh, that it's it's nice and easy, right? You just do spaceboat.ca slash Twitter, and you'll get to our Twitter page, which is uh, I think the most active. Uh, the, the thing that we have the most active and uh, from there you can find everything else uh, and our discord actually I, I've been really enjoying our discord when I can because uh, I'm really busy with all the patches and all this stuff and now there's this unannounced thing that could happen uh, or looks like yeah there's some news quiet, coming but quiet, we can't say anything quiet. I know quiet. I know I know but it, it involves uh, I have to tell people I'm busy working on this thing that's unannounced space so boats to coming out. to stadia folks get ready <laughs> <laughs> You know what? We actually applied, and didn't they say no? No, no. We, we tried. Another... Yeah, we tried. Yeah, we tried yeah, to un- apply. Unfortunately, we didn't have any uh, any other games that have come out yet, and we mm. don't have uh, financials for for those games that never existed. So uh, we couldn't complete the uh, the Stadia form. If if Stadia, if somebody from Stadia or Google is listening, uh, there's a serious issue there for indie. Like, you want to help indie? You really want indies? Uh, fix that. So if your stadium is listed, you guys got a lot more problems than, than getting indies on <laughs> the platform. But not totally to turn fair. this into a stadium bashing, but... Um, <laughs> oh, I'll do that gladly, no problem. <laughs> and where can people yeah, find... Because they, they keep saying, they're like, oh, there's no games on Stadia. <laughs> Look, let's talk about the flawed concept of the platform and the fact that it is like a whaling platform. But yeah. when but when you, when you are trying to put your game on Stadia... If you have to fill out a yes/no of have you ever done a game on Stadia before, and the answer is no, and they go, "Thank you very much," what are you supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's that's why there's ten Ubisoft games on Stadia, and, and that, <laughs> that one indie game where you flip the block over and over. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to turn Pretty this much. outro into a Stadia bash. Just, just going with the flow. That's fine. The last interview we did, we, we uh, it ended up be, um, uh, the presenter was like, "Oh, don't worry, let's turn it all into an EA bash." We we talk shit <laughs> about EA all the time. Me too. Yeah. I, I work for them long enough. It's it's, uh, it's I can bash them. I bought their yeah. games long enough. I can <laughs> I can bash them. <laughs> All right, links to all this in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much from the team at Recombobulator for coming on the podcast. 
you got a week left uh, when this goes live, so check your when I posted this versus when I said a week from this day, and that'll <laughs> let you know when you can go support them, follow them on Twitter, and yeah, from Steve and I, and wow, there's just the two of us. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having us. Thanks. Yeah, and you and you said you said so, Steve. Would you would you wish this uh, space boat? And I mean, here I'm going. You better fucking wish list. <laughs> <laughs> and you did. You did. You just went click and let that sit. Yeah. So. <laughs>